It's good to be in God's presence together, isn't it? Mm, it's good to be. We, just, we will stay in God's presence, but I invite you to, to gently sit down. And We're coming to a time where we're going to respond again to God's love by bringing him things that are on our hearts. Um, my husband, Ben, was uh, had prepared a prayer, but he's been called off to help look after children. So I'm going to pray on his behalf. I invite you to join me as we pray together, acknowledging that we are completely dependent on our Father. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can come together in prayer for the freedom we have to gather and worship as your church. We join with churches, large and small, all over the globe in many places and languages. We pray for our brothers and our sisters who have to meet in secret or at great risk to themselves. Father, we thank you that you see them and you have prepared a place for them in heaven. For Christians in Ukraine and Russia, Armenia and Azerbaijan, we pray your protection and a clear sense of your Holy Spirit who sustains and equips us. Father, we give thanks for your Son, Jesus, who came obediently to die for our sins. We remember his words in the garden, Father, if it be possible, take this cup from me, but your will, not mine, be done. Jesus trusted you, Father, and so made a way for us to come to you and have the opportunity to put our trust in you. And as we do that, Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, who your Son promised to us, our paraclete, our advocate, as we've been reading in Acts, we see the work of your Spirit in people in obvious and amazing ways. We thank you for a Holy Spirit who also works quietly and gently in us over years, transforming us and shaping us, cutting out the sin, transforming us into the new creations that you would have us be. Father, we turn to those around us at work, our friends, our family, Father, help us to look outwards and see them as you see them. Help us to become less conscious of ourselves and more aware of others and how we can serve and help them, especially those we find hard to love or to deal with. Father, help us to see them as you see them, to remember the great love you have poured out on us and share it in some way. We pray too, Father, for our church family, brothers and sisters that share hope in you on a journey together to know you more and more. We pray for those who are unwell or unable to be here, for those who are facing decisions or challenging times. Father, send your Holy Spirit upon them in a fresh way, that they may be immersed in your love and sense who you are. We pray that everything grows dim in the light of your glory and grace. Father, you don't promise an easy life or the path you want. What you do promise is, or the path we want, what you do promise is to be with us until the end of the age and we cling to that promise. And finally, Father, I pray, we all pray for David Smythe as he comes to share with us this morning. We thank you for his wonderful life and ministry and for his openness to you and to your works and we pray that you would bless us through him and through your word today as your Holy Spirit rests on him. 
We thank you, Lord, and we love you for all that you do and all that you are. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So my sermon title, The Acts of the Holy Spirit. Not the book of Acts, that's in Sam's safe hands. But the person of the Holy Spirit and the purpose the Holy Spirit serves in our lives. Now I know back in June... Bill Vasilakis spoke on this subject. Now, there may be some repeat of ground covered today, but also some additional content. Subtitle to the sermon today could be The Holy Spirit With and In Us. Now, there is no amen to the book of Acts. So another title for my sermon, How to Keep the Book of Acts Rolling. We live in a big, complicated world. Life is complicated. Have you noticed that? We need help to live in and to get understanding. We need knowledgeable people to teach us. We need things to provide us with information. We have clocks and watches to tell us the time. Speedometers to tell us what speed we're doing. Rulers take measures to tell us how long something is. Scales to tell us what something weighs. Maps to show us the way to go. Newspapers to keep us informed. Dictionaries to teach us what words mean. I was reading about English words and it said that there were, have been over a million words over a period of time in the English dictionary. And most of us, our vocabulary is only 20,000 to 30,000 words. I thought I'd increased my vocabulary and looked up some words. This is what I learned. A commentator is an ordinary potato. <laughs> Elliptical is a kiss. Elliptical. <laughs> Out of bounds is an exhausted kangaroo. <laughs> an igloo is an Eskimo's toilet. A tortoise is what the teacher did. A twain is what you travel on to the railway. <laughs> a jargon is a vest, a vase no longer there, and copper nitrate is what a policeman earns for working overtime. <laughs> I apologise. <laughs> Where is that leading today? We need help. To know God, to understand God, to understand his ways. We need help to live in a God-honouring way. We need help to be an instrument of his love. Where does this help come from? We have God's word, the Bible. We have Bible commentaries. We have libraries of books. We have pastors and preachers. Still a lot to learn. Well, Jesus brought things beautifully into focus, didn't he? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. John 49, Jesus said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And he said, I'm the good shepherd. I'll look after you. I'll teach you, my sheep. After preaching the Sermon on the Mountain, we read these words. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. So we've got Jesus to look to, yes, but he's no longer with us in person. What now? Where now? Well, listen and let's read together Jesus' words. 
spoken just prior to his death. Now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me where am I going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Then we read a little further down, verse 13. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The words actually go on to tell us that the Holy Spirit will not speak words of his own invention or self-interest, but only words of truth that flow and bring glory to God the Father and Jesus. That speaks of the humility of the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus, we know, has gone back to God his Father. The Holy Spirit has come to us. Now, I want to look at the person and purpose of the Holy Spirit, and I want to do this under three headings. Firstly, who, and then what, and then how. So who, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. Three distinct persons, but all with the same character qualities. Yes, I know, there's a large amount of mystery with regards to the Trinity, but I believe there's enough revelation for us to lean on with confidence, with faith. Romans 8, 9, we read, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. In Philippians 1.19, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. They're all in it together. What a team. The Holy Spirit is mentioned over 300 times in the Bible. Old Testament, 80. 230 New Testament, 58 in the book of Acts. The truth is, I believe, the Holy Spirit has quietly and significantly been a part of the whole Bible story. However, he has come in a special way following Jesus' life, death and resurrection. I was walking with my seven-year-old grandson, Mason, up at Avoca Beach two years ago now. He's now about nine. And as we're walking to his school, there's an old A-frame church building that we would pass. And as we're going past it, Mason said to me, Bubba, I'm Bubba, not Grandpa, Bubba, does God live in there? And I said, no. He is in there, but he's everywhere. He's, he's everywhere. And Mason said, is he like the wind? Is he like the air? And I said, Mason, that is exactly what he's like. The spirit, Greek, pneuma, means wind, air, breath. Like the wind, the Holy Spirit is invisible, immaterial, powerful, but he can be heard, felt, and his effects seen around us as we see the waves, the trees, and the crowds blown in the wind. Come to Psalm 139, 1 to 10. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you completely 
You know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You've laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Listen now. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even though your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. Amazing. God knows everything about us. He knows exactly where we are. He's everywhere like the air and the wind. Amazing. What has helped me to understand that is satellite Siri. She's given me some understanding of this ability of God. You know, if you tune into Siri, she knows where you are. She knows what road you should take. She knows where the speed cameras are, how long it will take you to get to your destination, and when you get there, she'll say, you've arrived at your destination. (laughs) If Siri can do it, God can do it. One more wonderful point from the scripture reading in Psalm 139. The Holy Spirit has always been there to take our hand and guide us and hold us fast. But since Jesus' life, death and resurrection, a new blessing has come our way. Come to John 14, verses 16 and 17. I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit has been with, but he would now also be in. My take on this, because of our salvation, our forgiveness and our cleansing from sin, Our bodies have now become suitable places for the Holy Spirit to take up residence. 1 Corinthians 6.9 Our bodies are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us and can be within us. Not just born again but filled with the Spirit. So that's who. We now get to what? What the Holy Spirit does for and with us. Firstly and above all else, the Spirit gives life. That's the foundational scripture. Now while we all have earthly and physical life in the flesh, we read in him we actually all live and move and have our being. There's something more, something over and above this life in the flesh, something that connects us with God spiritual life. Jesus said, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. Flesh gives birth to flesh, spirit gives birth to spirit. We can and need to be born just not naturally but also spiritually and we're told that God will live in us by his spirit. So of course the way to go, be born again of the spirit and be filled with the Spirit. And we're going to come back to this at the end of the message. But now the question, what does the Holy Spirit want to add to this life that he imparts? What does the Holy Spirit want to add to the life he imparts to us? 
We're going to look at six C's. Now, I've been working on this message for six months. That doesn't make it easier. It makes it harder because the revelation continues to grow. And so it's hardly a sermon now. It probably should be a series. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on some scriptures. I'm just going to refer to them and keep rolling on. But here's the first of the six C's. Holy Spirit is our counsellor. We read the words describing the Holy Spirit as counsellor. The Greek word is parakletos, which means one who comes alongside to help. One who comes to one side giving aid, counsel and comfort. And we read John 14, 26, the counsellor will teach us and remind us. John 16, 13, the counsellor will guide us into truth. 1 Corinthians 2.10, God reveals his mysteries to us by his spirit. Yeah, there's mysteries, but God will reveal them to us by his spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes to help us to know, understand God, Jesus and truth. C2, he's our comforter. The word parakletos includes the quality and character of comforter. In the King James Amplified Living New Testament, parakletos is translated comforter. It makes sense that the Holy Spirit represents God the Father, who is described as God the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. The Holy Spirit conveys the comfort of God, our Father, to us. How does he do it? By coming alongside, speaking words of understanding, encouragement, and promising never to leave or forsake us. John Wycliffe, the famous Bible translator, said, The Holy Spirit fills us with courage and strength to cope with whatever comes our way. In my words... He gives us a Holy Spirit hug and whispers to us, it's going to be okay. God loves you. He's for you. Now, I'm not a hugger, but there's nothing like a love-filled hug and a whisper of encouragement. C3, he convicts of sin. John 16, 8, the Holy Spirit will convict the world of guilt with regards to sin. Now, he wants to do this for both non-Christian and Christian. We need his guidance because sin can so easily entangle. And the Holy Spirit will alert us to sin that is looking to entangle us. Who wants to be tangled up with sin? Who wants unrecognised, unconfessed sin in their lives? We should all want to follow the psalmist who said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me in a way everlasting. I just love these words in Titus. Let's look at them together. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passion and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. Or perhaps just leave it there. I believe we can 
truly say, for the Spirit of God that brings salvation has appeared to us. He teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passion and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. That scripture's helped me so much. You know, when a thought comes to mind or something that I know isn't pleasing to God, the Spirit will say, David, just say no. And I say, no way, no to that. And that's helped me so many times. C number four, he's a character builder. The Holy Spirit imparts the character qualities of Christ to us. And we read these qualities in Galatians 5.22. These qualities are described as the fruit of the Spirit. They are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. May this fruit of the Spirit be evident in our lives. It will be if we abide in Jesus the vine. C5. Charismatic gifting, the Holy Spirit imparts special gifts that are to be a blessing and encouragement and strengthening to the church, the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The gifts, the manifestations are described as message of wisdom, message of knowledge, faith, healing, miracle-working power, prophecy, discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. I love the fact that the three chapters where these charismatic gifts are talked about finishes with these words. But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. That's the spirit I like. It's the Holy Spirit. He likes things to be done in a decent and orderly way. That brings us to C6. He comes to give power. Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses. The Greek word is dynamis. We get our English word dynamite. So he comes to give power for what? For life and for service. The power of the Spirit in our lives enables us to speak and serve in what God calls us to do. 2 Corinthians 12.9, Paul said, God said to me, my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul said in response, I accept my weaknesses so that Christ's power is made perfect in my weakness. Isaiah 40.29, the Spirit gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. In my words, he gives power to get up and keep going. A couple of illustrations. First one, a sailing ship. No wind, it just floats. Wind, it sails the seas and through a storm. How does this apply to us? Without the Holy Spirit like a boat, We just float. With God's Holy Spirit in our sails, we can sail the sea of life with purpose and praise and sail into the future with a certain hope of reaching the other shore. The next illustration, a kite. No wind, flat on the ground. Wind, flying high in the sky. If you've flown a kite, 
or you see a kite, as we've all done. It just speaks of life and freedom and joy. And I believe that can speak to us of our salvation, sins forgiven, life, freedom, joy. Like a kite without the Holy Spirit, grounded. With the Holy Spirit, we can fly in the sky. Do what in our own ability we could not do and go where we could not go and be a part of God's amazing plan. So this is three, the six C's. In summary of the work of the Spirit, let me quote, reading from a book called Life, Lifting the Downcast by Patrick Sukendo. Let us remember that when Jesus spoke four times of the Holy Spirit as parakletos, this was part of the meaning of that wonderful word, along with our counsellor and our consoler, our friend and ally who fights for us in spiritual battle, and the encourager who urges us to stand firm and face our perils and difficulties with courage. The Holy Spirit is to us all that Jesus was to his followers. Elsewhere, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Jesus. He teaches us what Jesus taught, particularly about sin, righteousness and judgment. He guides into all truth. Jesus called him three times the Spirit of Truth. He also reveals Jesus to us who did not have the opportunity to meet, to us who did not have the opportunity to meet our Saviour on this earth. What a holy mystery it is that Jesus going away was for our good so that we could be sent the parakletos, the friend and helper to be alongside us. This is how Jesus fulfills his promise to be with us always to the very end of the age. So we've looked at who is the Holy Spirit. We've looked at what he'll do for us. Now I want to just... Ask how. How does the Holy Spirit manifest himself to us? How does he speak to us? Yes, we've looked at the six C's, but now we're going to look at the four W's. Firstly, he speaks to us. He comes to us through his word. He speaks to us through his word, the Bible. In fact, the Holy Spirit changes the Bible, the word, to the living Bible, the living word. In 2 Timothy 3.16, we read, All scripture is God-breathed. Remember, pneuma, spirit, wind, our breath. Scripture is alive in the spirit. Interesting scripture. Peter writes, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The Bible was written as men, prophets, were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now I believe that not only the authors can be carried along by the Holy Spirit to write the Bible, I believe we can be carried along as we read the Bible, carried along that we might understand what it's actually saying. And John 16, 13 says, The spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. He will take what is mine and make it known to you. May we all join with the psalmist to write, Your word is a lamp 
to my feet and a light to my path. Direct my footsteps according to your word. You know, for this to happen, you know what we have to do? If you've got a torch and you don't turn it on, you don't see the light. If you've got a Bible but you don't read it, you don't see the light. That's W1, W2, our world. Come to Psalm 19, 1-2, message translation. God's glory is on tour in the skies. God's craft on exhibit across the horizon. Madam Day holds classes every morning. Professor Knight lectures each evening. Now it's true that creation can, like God's word, speak to us simply because God fingerprints are seen all over it. But just as the Spirit can make God's word speak, so the Spirit does speak to us through his creation. You know, I well, the Spirit played a big part in creation. We, we read in Genesis 1, the Spirit of God was hovering over creation. And I, I can say, the Holy Spirit's he's saying, let's do it, God, let's go for it. And my take is that uh, God planned it, Jesus managed it, and the Holy Spirit actioned it. The Holy Spirit loves to speak to us through the world around us. As parents, don't we love to take our kids and say, wow, look at that mountain. Look at that beautiful view out there. Doesn't the water look so good? You want to swim in it? Look at those friendly dolphins. Amazing to see the birds fly. Now, I think the Holy Spirit, wants to share with us the joy of creation and teach us and touch us through the things we see in our world. This includes both God's handiwork and human handiwork. Both can tell a story. Moses' example. He's walking along one day and he sees a bush burning. He's looking at it and admiring it. And he thinks, that's not burning, that's unusual. And so he quietly walks up closer. God spoke to him through the burning bush. Two recent illustrations where God has spoken to me. I was on my way to Victor Harbour four weeks ago. I was going down there to pray with Bruce Foreman. Many of you will know of Bruce. He attended the church here for eight years before shifting to Victor Harbour. Cancer had taken its toll. He was bedridden. He was unable to speak. His death wasn't far away. I came over the hill into Victor Harbour and this is what I saw. Can you see the rainbow? It was amazing because I'd been sad and listening to gospel songs so I headed down there and, and came to the hill heading down to Victor and there was this rainbow. Spoke of God's comfort and care. A rainbow does actually speak of God's covenant of care. Just God spoke and said, I'm here at Victor David. I love Bruce. I'm with him, despite the fact he's in trouble at the moment. I had a lovely, sad, it's a lovely but sad time talking and praying with Bruce. He was lying in bed, couldn't speak, just looked with his eyes, looked deep into my eyes said thank you with his eyes, left feeling very sad. 
and was praying and thought, I'll go out onto the new causeway that heads across to Granite Island. I did, and this is what I saw. Not only did I see that, there were 50 of those crosses. They were part of the old causeway that was being taken down. And I just felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me and saying, Bruce is in God's hands. Jesus died for him. Jesus is his saviour. Jesus' words, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will not die, even though he will live, even though he die. I just felt the comfort of the Holy Spirit speaking to me on the causeway. Bruce passed away two days later, on the 1st of September. He's now with his Saviour. W3, wanderers. What does the wanderer stand for? It stands for fellow travellers, family and friends. God wants to enable us by the Spirit to speak words and act quite deeds that touch other people's lives. Jesus actually said to his disciples, the Holy Spirit will speak through you. Now, I believe the Holy Spirit can speak through everyone. Each one of us, you know, we think of the words of prophecy as being heavyweight. But do you know what the definition of prophetic is? It's words that, ins- that are inspired by God that strengthen, encourage and comfort, build up, lift up and cheer up. We can all speak these words as inspired by the Spirit. We can all do kind things that the Spirit leads us to do. And my saying is be open for business. God will send the customers Be alert for the Holy Spirit, inspired word and deed. And remember, a small word and a small deed can mean a great deal. W4, the wind. So it's said the Holy Spirit can speak to us through the word, the world and wanderers. But how does he make contact, communicate and counsel? In the wind? In breath, spirit to spirit. We've unfolded the Greek word for spirit, parakletos, one who comes alongside. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would be with and in us. The Holy Spirit is a person, not just a force or thing. And the Bible talks about fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So it makes sense that we should communicate in meditation and prayer, in our thinking and our speaking. We should be attentive to the Holy Spirit's promptings. We should ask questions. We should listen for answers. Jesus said, the world doesn't know the Holy Spirit. Do you know why the world doesn't know the Holy Spirit? They pay no attention. We need to pay attention to get to know him. Bible examples that Sam's covered of the Spirit's leading. Acts 8.29, Philip was led to the Ethiopian chariot. Acts 10.19, Peter was told by the Spirit that three men were looking for him. Acts 16.7, the Spirit presented Paul, the Spirit 
prevented Paul from going to Bithynia. And going back a step or two, we read that after his baptism, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert. I find substance in describing the Holy Spirit's communication as whisper. A couple of thoughts from the book, The Power of a Whisper, by Bill Hybels. In the foreword by Wayne Cadero, we read, When it comes to being heard by his children, often he delivers nothing more than a nudge. Easy to dismiss if you don't recognise the source, the spirit. He whispers, and Bill says in his introduction, I firmly believe that God whispers to you. If you lower the ambient noise of your life and listen expectantly for those whispers of God, you will hear them. That leads to my, I've written, spirit-inspired conclusion. <laughs> Let's hope. Few words of a Holy Spirit counsel. Firstly, we do need to be discerning. Sometimes there's a bit of dust and debris that can float in the wind, so take care to filter it out. 1 Thessalonians 5.21, test everything, hold on to the good. 1 John 4.1, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether it's the spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 14, 29, weigh carefully what is said. I think we have to weigh carefully what is said, what we see, what we feel. Here's a couple of my words. There are only voices shouting, hey you, but only God's spirit speaks all that is true. So many voices out and about, but no sense of God's spirit in their prideful shout. So many voices proclaiming their stuff, if not filled with God's spirit, don't fall for their bluff. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit will help us discern what is true. Finally, praise God, he loves us. And through his spirit, he blesses us with love, life, and is leading into truth. What a blessing to be born of the spirit. What a blessing to be filled with the spirit, to walk in step with the spirit, in fellowship with the spirit, and being empowered by the Spirit. Our privilege and responsibility is to listen to, to learn from, to lean on, and to love the friendship fellowship of the Holy Spirit. As I close, I want to answer two questions. How to be born of the Spirit. We need to repent of our sinful behaviour, Sincerely and humbly come to Jesus, ask him to be saviour and friend. We'll have a spiritual birth. How to be filled with the Spirit. After becoming a Christian, a follower of Jesus, humbly ask Jesus to fill us with his Spirit. Is it interesting that Paul says, be filled, and it's in the present tense, He's saying, be filled and be being filled with the Spirit. It's not a one-off experience. We need to be filled and refilled with the Spirit of God. I close with the words of 2 Corinthians 13, 14, message translation. May the 
extravagant love of God, the amazing grace of Jesus, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We're going to sing a song now that's going to give us a chance to all be born and filled with God's Spirit. The song we're going to sing is like a prayer in response to all that David's been sharing. So I encourage you to use the words as a prayer. They're, they're very, um, it's a, an us song, us and we. It's not just individuals. The Spirit comes to us as the body of Christ. So invite you, body of Christ, to stand up and let's receive from the Lord. You might want to stretch out your hands in a posture of receiving. You might feel like you just need to quietly pray. That's okay. You don't have to sing along if you don't want to. But um, And there will be a time in the song where it is just instrumental opportunity just to be quiet and still in God's presence and allow him to meet you where you're at. service so please you can head in there and there'll be someone there who would love to pray with you Um, apart from that um, have a wonderful day god bless you and may uh, may you have a great week knowing that god and his spirit is with you